the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I have a friend who uh, moved here recently, and he's been looking for a home. He and his lovely wife, they're two adorable little boys, they're looking for a home. Uh, In fact, I solicited your help a while back, and uh, so far, you have not helped. (laughs) I don't blame you because the housing market in Columbus is very, very difficult. But if you are inclined to help, uh, my friend's looking for a home, three, four bedrooms, two baths. They'll be wonderful neighbors. Want to do something nice for a friend of mine, a pastor, great guy? Email me, bruce at 989theanswer.com. But he's having a hard time finding a place. As soon as he goes and looks at a place, bam, it's gone. As soon as he checks the listing price and thinks, hey, hey, this is a candidate. Somebody swoops in, pays cash, 25, 35, 45 thousand dollars over asking this is a typical typical story in columbus house great for people who are selling rotten for people who are buying according to jim weicker of the columbus dispatch nearly one out of four columbus homes in january were bought with cash and that's lower at least our percentage is lower than the national average we were at 24.3 percent of homes in Columbus in January, purchased with cash. The national average is 25%, so slightly above, but above. Now, what was the rate in 2021? It was 21%. So clearly the pandemic influenced this, okay? People couldn't travel. People were restricted from going out and buying what they normally bought in their free course of traveling here and there. So they saved more money. Oh, and the government kicked in, you know, thousand dollars here, thousand dollars there. So people had more cash on hand. People did home improvement products, raising the value of their homes. Prices went up. And now, if you're trying to come into Central Ohio and work, like my friend, his lovely wife, and their two adorable little boys, who'd make great neighbors, Bruce at ninety ninety answer dot com. <laughs> well, you can't afford to live here. The median price of a Columbus-area home rose 11% from a year ago. $250,000 is the median price of a home in Columbus. That's not the average price, the median price. That means half the homes that are for sale are above a quarter of a million dollars, and half the homes that are for sale are below a quarter of a million dollars. How long are homes on the market? I can't believe this average is correct. 24 days? 24 days on the market? Three weeks, three days, three weeks and three days. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not in good neighborhoods, not happening. I've got a friend right now 
who's retiring and who is moving to a warmer climate. He has a beautiful home in Dublin, Dublin area. And he knows he's retiring like in two months. And I said, you got your house on the market? No. Why not? Don't have a house where we're going. Don't want to be without a house. He knows he puts that house on the market. It's gone the next day. He knows that. No, he can't help my friend. His home is a little bit bigger than my friend needs. Okay. So do we have less homes for sale or more homes for sale than we did a year ago? Slightly more. 5% more. Okay, that's the good news. You might have more to pick from. 5% though is not a very big number. On top of this, because of the demand, because of people moving in, and I mean, you think the demand's going to go down with nationwide children's, like building a new building like virtually every day with Ohio State in the middle of the biggest building project in its history with Intel coming in here, and now I heard today may spend $20 billion. Is the demand for housing in Central Ohio going down? No chance. No chance. So if you're a builder, it's great unless you can't get A, the supplies to build, and B, the people to work for you and do the actual building. Last year, we had more homes built in Columbus than in any year since 2005. Watch it, 2005. What happened like three years after 2005? Oh, the big market crash, right? Everybody's buying homes. Billy Clinton had given out like free money to everybody. Everybody's entitled to a house. Every no more, no money down. Uh, free mortgages make home purchased easily. And homes were overvalued, and lenders crashed, and we had the big housing bubble burst. So I worry a little bit about: Are we headed for that again? So they're building more houses. Last year, they built over 6,000 single-family homes, up 17% from the previous year. That's kind of a false number because the pandemic the previous year, I wouldn't have had a problem if I were talented enough, like my father used to be, to build a home, like my buddy Ron is talented enough to build homes. But A lot of people wouldn't work during the pandemic, couldn't work during the pandemic. The big building companies, I don't know if they worked outside or not. We have a, we, I live in one of the hottest new housing developments, not at, not in a development, one of the new housing markets. I live out in a semi-rural area and we have, let me see, let me count them up. One, two, three. We have four major housing developments under construction right now. And over, like, the previous 10 years, there was one in 10 years. Not one every year, one in 10 years. So people are leaving the cities and moving to the suburbs. Gee, why would they be doing that? As safe as downtown is. As safe as in close to downtown is. Or or they're moving to central Ohio. they got a good job. They're moving here, and there's nothing in the city. So they got to move out around the fringes, out around the edges. That's why rural areas are seeing more and more housing booms. Apartment constructions are down 29%. Now, this is being presented as a problem, that we have not enough apartments. It seems to me like you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a big, 
humongous, relatively new apartment complex. There might be more demand for it, but here's the thing. Most people don't want apartments built around them. Why? Because apartments bring a collection of more people than would come in in the same landmass if every piece of that landmass were divided up into the amount of space needed for a single-family home. Quarter acre, eighth of an acre, whatever. And the more people you bring in, the greater the chance you're going to bring in some people that you would rather not have around because they're going to be, what? Raise the crime, maybe? Loud, maybe? Unpleasant, maybe? Who knows? So this is why nobody wants apartments, and they're having trouble keeping up with the demand for apartments. Andy Ginther, of course, not only wants apartments, he wants cheap apartments. He wants affordable apartments, which the 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 link between lower income housing and crime is indisputable. It's just indisputable. And it's not indisputable because every poor person is a thief and will steal from you. It is because when value is perceived not to be present, people treat what they are getting for the price as if it is only worth the discounted price rather than worth its true value. Case in point, I have a friend who operates a nonprofit that provides counseling, grief counseling, very good grief counseling. It's Cornerstone of Hope. It's a great organization, Cornerstone of Hope. I don't think he would mind me saying this in exchange for the uh, endorsement that I would give of that organization, great organization. But in the beginning, they were going to give away their counseling free. If you were grieving, if you had been... uh, suddenly confronted with grief or you'd been uh, unfortunately dealt a set of life circumstances that caused you to really need counseling, their heart was such, their donors were such, they were willing to give you that counseling for free. What they found was that if you gave it to people, people placed no value on it. This is my concern with free college education. Sure, everyone will go, but they will not devote themselves to actually learning, and it'll ruin the experience for those who may be paying, or at least those who want to be there to get an actual, you know, education, not indoctrination. So my friend's nonprofit, they found their no-show rate for appointments was astronomical when they didn't charge. Eh, I didn't pay anything, so not worth anything. I feel don't feel like going, not going to go. But when they began charging a nominal amount, a laughably low amount. People placed more value on it, and their cancellation rate or no-show rate on appointments plummeted because people were like, well, I got got a little bit of money invested in this. I'm going to show up. So that's the problem with affordable housing, is if you can get people to understand that the housing is, in many cases, priceless for them because they couldn't afford to live anywhere else. 
But if too many people in the affordable housing area view it as, ah, I got no skin in the game because they're just giving it to me and I gave this to me and I ruined this, give me another one somewhere else. So this is the problem is you have to get people to understand the value of what they are being given or what the price break is for what they are being given. Because if not, inevitably it will go bad. Not necessarily for them because they don't really see the problem with not taking care of the place that they are living, not being pleasant neighbors, not being good neighbors. But the people who are there who are not getting the affordable pricing or the people in the neighborhood, they are the ones who suffer. So it's pretty clear now, except to leftists, that we made a lot of bad decisions during the pandemic, and none of them were worse. As much as the compromise of freedom, as much as the businesses going out of business, being put out of business by lockdowns and shutdowns, none of the consequences of the bad decisions we made during the pandemic were as bad or as consequential as the damage we did to our children when it came to their learning development. It was not purposeful. It happened in Democratic states. It happened in Republican states. It happened. It's indisputable. And now we got to figure out a way to fix it. But what is encouraging, at least, is that old adage, you can't solve a problem until you admit you have a problem. This is why it's so aggravating to see Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, change the mask policy in New York to allow professional athletes to play baseball for the Mets and Yankees or to play basketball for the Nets and Knicks, but keep school children masked or dangle it out there and say, well, you know, when we get to April 10th or April 25th, then you'll be safe to. 52% of children in 12 central Ohio neighborhoods who have been studied, these are kids ages 3 to 5, were tested by the Columbus Speech and Hearing Institute. It's a nonprofit. 52% of the kids 3 to 5 failed their speech and language screenings. 40% failed their hearing tests. Those rates are double, double what they were in 2019 which would be the comparable because 2019 would have been before the pandemic. Half the kids, three to five, failed their speech and language screenings. Failed 40% of them their hearing screenings. Okay. It's pretty obvious now looking back. If you're going to deny kids the opportunity to view a person's mouth while they are talking, that it's going to be much harder for them to develop that skill themselves speaking and also, which I wouldn't have thought this, develop their hearing skills. My brother, my oldest brother, is deaf, totally deaf. You wouldn't know it if you're looking at him as you speak to him because he reads your lips. He reads your lips. The pandemic was torture for him. He'd go to a store. He would ask a question. Person would respond. 
behind a mask, he had no hope of hearing. No hope of hearing. And people were rude about it. So, you know, if you think about this for a hot second, where this damage occurred most, in the poorest neighborhoods, right? These tests that the Columbus Speech and Hearing Institute conducted were conducted in, get a load of this rundown, the Hilltop, Franklin Park, Linden, Southside, Southwest Side, Cassidy Avenue in the North, East Side. Those are the kids who can least afford it. Those are the kids who are already up against it. Those are the kids who are already getting bad educations or inferior education. And so one of the things that compels us to stop with the masking of kids is the ground we have to make up on making good what I hope is our authentic, important to insert that word, authentic interest in doing the best for our kids. The leftists who want to saddle kids, confuse them with social-emotional learning, critical race theory, make them hate their country, make them hate themselves if they're one of the oppressors, or make them hate themselves because, oh, what a, what a bad break I got. I was born with darker skin. I'm, I'm perpetually oppressed. Those people don't have the authentic best interest of kids at heart, but most of us do, or at least half of us do. And so we can hope that this ground can be made up, but this is going to be lifelong consequences for this kind of thing. Again, I think initially it was done with noble intentions, but noble intentions can have uh, ignoble results, and that appears to be where we are with the speech and hearing skills of these young kids. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.